I try to, you know, keep all of that stuff documented so that when it comes around to it, I'm like, oh, okay, well, here's, here's the discussion we had about it three months ago. Let's pull that back up and see how we can use that today. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. In today's episode, we want to talk about design documentation, which is not a super fun, but a very important part of the design process. This is where you are writing up, uh, well, uh, like we talked about before, Femme, I don't know how to say it other than saying documenting your yeah, design. right, I know. <laughs> writing notes about it, you're yeah, writing about how it works, any specific functionalities uh, to help other people understand design decisions and also to hand over to a developer or an engineer to build it out as well. So it is an important step because unfortunately people cannot read our minds. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how we handle it, what tools we use and what our approach is. Do you want to do a quick catch up, Fem? How has the running been going? I know you've been sick lately, so I'm guessing you haven't done much. I don't know. It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded. I have been sick with a cold uh, the last couple of weeks. Aww. Yeah, classic like, you know, time of year where spring is coming up. Change of seasons. Yep. I know. So because of that, I haven't really been running, uh, just kind of been taking it easy I've been busy at work. I went to San Francisco, actually, since we last recorded. Or just casually. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I'm all over the place right now. It's It's been crazy start of the year, actually. I don't feel like I've been home very much. But yeah, San Francisco was good. I went for work, so that was really fun. And it was my birthday last week, which was nice. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Now I'm just like, I don't know, trying to chill out a little bit like all the craziness of the start of the year and try and sort of get stuck in back into my routine and rhythm and focus um we've had lots of visitors coming over from san francisco for work and i've been there so it's been a lot of like back and forth now i'm just trying to get back into my routine get better and honestly i'm really looking forward to summer (laughs) because i'm so over the over the cold weather yeah, you had like a little slice of it, right? Going to New Zealand in February. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> and then, yep, back to the cold. We had hail here the other day in London. So, yeah. Spring is so strange. It can <laughs> so be strange. like yesterday. We had the strangest day here. It was sunny blue sky and then it started hailing. And then, it, I don't know, it's very weird. Fun times. Yeah, I've, I feel like I've been home recently more than I have maybe in the past eight months or so, which is been kind of nice to be honest yeah to have a nice long stretch at home getting into more of a routine with trying to go to the gym um doing a bit of side projects on the weekends again hanging out with mark seeing friends it's been really nice yeah it's something that i've been able to make some more progress towards a few other projects that i've been wanting to do for a while and just you know travel gets in the way it really does take a lot out of you and i haven't been able to get to it so yeah that's what i've been up to Uh, also recently bought a new ipad Got the new iPad Pro, yep, with the new Apple Pencil. I had the old one, but yeah, this new one, definitely better, I think. Like it a lot. Right? The pencil is so much better. Yep, yep. So good having it matte and have like the flat bit on it. I don't know. Yeah. Love it. Been doing some coloring in using templates in Procreate. Yeah, it's been nice and relaxing, you know, to just sit there and color in a flower. Ah, (laughs) I get it now. I get the adult coloring book thing. (laughs) Anyway. That is not at all relevant to today's topic of design documentation. 
is, well, documenting your design and it is like preparing notes about your design decisions and the process and notes on the functionality and things like that to hand over to a developer or an engineer so that they can then build it out because unfortunately people cannot read our minds, right, Fem? Mm-hmm, totally. This topic seems relevant for us to talk about now because for the first time in the past, well, I don't know, like two and a half years or something, I actually have a developer that I'm working with, so I'm not just coding my own designs. So I am needing to do some sort of a handover, which, uh, yeah, previously I wasn't doing, so I wouldn't have had much to add to this conversation. Uh, But also because I recently tweeted a screenshot of a very messy Figma file with all my artboards and iterations all over the place. Yes, I saw this. (laughs) Saying that this is why I still use Envision to gather feedback is because I don't want to share this with anybody. People seem to relate. A lot of other people seem to have messy files. Is is yours like that too, Fem? Mine is definitely messy in places, but I try to consolidate all of the mess together. I often have like a dedicated page in my Figma file that's like called playground or sandbox or something like that. Oh, not called mess? (laughs) No, it's not called mess, (laughs) but it's basically what it is. It's kind of my page where I do all the messy explorations and nothing's really organized or documented well. And then in the other pages, I try to have it neat and orderly and tidy in case somebody sort of stumbles stumbles across my figure file. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I I guess I don't I don't care if anyone would stumble across my mess on my team. I don't think that they would be poking around. It would mostly either be the other designers or a Corey our developer who would see it. But it's more that I don't want the confusion when I share a file, I don't, I want them to only be giving feedback on the thing that I want feedback on. I don't care what they think about my early iterations that I've already decided aren't right. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Where does design documentation come into the process for you, Fem? Is it a thing that you do at the very end? Do you have to stop and do it at various midway points throughout? Yeah. So I've kind of made design documentation one of my goals for this year at work. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I I think we talk about goals recently. So what I sort of want to do is just get better at the process of documenting my design. And, you know, at at a company like Uber, there's a lot of stakeholders and a lot of different people that need to refer to the design. So, you know, obviously the engineers do and my fellow design colleagues do, but, you know, we also have like product managers and we have operations and we have people in risk and we have legal and data science, you know, like there's, there's a lot of players that could potentially fall into my Figma file. In the past, I haven't really been very good at documenting my designs. I often had like a Google slide presentation that was kind of like I I sort of referred to it as sort of the design source of truth. And like, if you go there, you can find everything you need to know about the design. You know, you can see where we are in the design process right now. You can see the latest concepts. You can see the latest design explorations. You can see, you know, a summary of the research that we did and things like that. And it was okay, but it was a lot of work maintaining it and keeping it up to date and like, They started to end up being multiple sources of truth, which defeats the whole purpose of having a source of truth. Yep. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it was kind of messy. So what I've been trying to do this year is do it sort of ongoing, right? So rather than like taking points in the process where I'm like, 
now I'm going to update the design documentation. I'm trying to like maintain it over time and keep updating it as I go. And, you know, every time we have like, for example, a design review, all of the the notes and the feedback get documented. Um, anytime we make some sort of decision regarding the design or like maybe we decide to de-scope a feature, I document that because there's been times in the past where like, you know, six months later, we're like, oh, whatever happened to that? Like, what did we decide on that again? Like, nobody can remember because things move so fast. So I'm trying to, like, document all the, all the decisions that get made so that there's kind of this historical, like, log, I guess, of, of what we've decided to do and sort of also the reasons justifying why those decisions were made. And what I'm actually doing now, so before I was doing it in a Google slide presentation, we actually have this sort of internal website builder tool so essentially there's like an internal link that you can go to for my project and it's basically a internal website and I'm doing all of the documentation in there so rather than it being like a google slide that gets floated around it's like an official website that people can go to which I think is a lot easier for people to remember you know it's a really nice short url it's not like this google link And it also means that I can maintain it a bit easier and like embed my Figma stuff and things like that, which is really nice. That's yeah, that's cool. It sounds like a lot of work, to be honest. Like, I don't know how I would do that personally. I'm glad that I don't have to at Convoke it. It's just not going to be something that's necessary. But do you find that it breaks your design flow to have to stop and, you know, document things? Um, It is definitely a lot of work, but it's definitely necessary as well. Like if I don't do it, I think it causes more work down the road. Yeah, more confusion. Yeah, because then I'm going to get like lots of emails or lots of questions or the engineers are going to bug me, you know, whereas if I just take the time to, to document everything, then it's all there and they don't need to, you know, have as many questions. So, I mean... I wouldn't say that it's like too disruptive. Like it's not like, um, you know, I'm designing something and I'm like, oh, stop, I need to document this decision. Go document, come back. Like it's not it's not like that. It's more like, you know, every day at the end of the day, I just kind of do a bit of a sanity check. Like, okay, what progress have I made? Is there anything I need to add to the documentation? You know, just making sure that it's maintained and up to date. And things like, you know, when we do design reviews, the notes and the feedback get typed directly into the documentation so it's not like I need to later on like copy and paste things over all the work is kind of done in there directly so it's all tied together cool but yeah that sounds smart then to have this one place where if you want to know what's going on with this project this is where you go to find it yeah yeah definitely especially when you're in such a huge organization and it can be very difficult to find documentation about a project and Also, sometimes there's like multiple documentations and that's never useful. Yeah. And one of the most important things I think that you talked about doing is documenting why you made certain decisions. I imagine that saves a lot of time in future because if someone brings up, oh, why don't we do this? Uh, You're like, well, we already decided back here. This is the exact reason why you can read all about it. Uh, This is why we're doing this. I learned that the hard way in my previous project where because the 
the project was a year long. And so, you know, there were people that joined the project at all different stages. Mm-hmm. And they all had the same ideas when they came into it. Right. Like some people joined in the 10th month and, you know, they asked us questions that we asked in the second month. And it's like, oh, here we go back to here again. Like we've done this before already. We've had this conversation so many times and, you know, it's nobody's fault. Right. But that's where I think it's useful to be like, Yes, great point. We also had this thought. Uh, here is what we decided on. You know, you can kind of go and see a track record of the discussions we had. And I think that's really useful in that situation when you have like new people coming onto the project at a later stage or things like that. Um, it's always good to refer, you know, be able to refer back to what was said. And then also things like, you know, if you decide to descope a feature or like, oh, let's do this in the next milestone you know, don't delete that whole conversation because there could be value in that, that when the time comes for milestone two, you know, it's useful to have that information. So I try to, you know, keep all of that stuff documented so that when it comes around to it, I'm like, okay, well, here's, here's the discussion we had about it three months ago. Let's pull that back up and see how we can use that today. Yeah. And what you're describing there sort of seems like the reason why my Figma files end up so messy is because I don't like to like delete iterations of designs. If I worked on an idea for a bit, didn't work out, I just duplicate the outboard and move on to like trying again. I don't erase it or, you know, write over it. I sort of keep each version of a different idea that I tried so that I can remember that I tried it, but also so that if I'm talking to our design team and someone says, oh, did you try this? I can be like, yes, I did. Look how terrible it looks and why it didn't work. Um, and just immediately pull it up as an example, you know? So that's why I don't delete any iterations uh, in my design file. I think that, yeah, mostly that's for me, I guess. Like I said, for me to check that I haven't done that idea before or anything like that. I like that you're saying that you stop and do documentation at the end of each day. That's the time to like check in. That seems like a good way to end off, like round off a day as well and sort of, you know, shut your brain down for the day, put it, put it all in one place where you worked on and then know where to pick it up again the next day. Yeah. And also like for me in my case specifically, because I work with colleagues in San Francisco, you know, my end of day is the beginning of the day. So it's also like a good time to update anything, hand over any, you know, discoveries of that day or whatever so that they can continue on. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. I find I do my documentation when I'm asking for feedback, I suppose. So there's a few main stages that I'll do that. And usually the first one is at the wireframe stage. Or actually, I don't know if we'd count the research phase beforehand in what I do, because it's not as obviously in depth as the research that you do. But yeah, I will share a doc with these are the main content points that I think need to go on this page. Anyone got any thoughts on that? Not really design documentation, more copy though, I suppose. But the first part of design documentation comes in with my wireframes, where I will upload some gray box wireframes to Envision, their prototyping tool, not Envision Studio. A few people were confused about that when I, you know, this tweet that I was doing. Yeah, just up- upload a JPEG of that version of the wireframe to Envision, and then I use their tour points feature to add notes about various parts. Like, oh, this bit here would be an animated header. It's gonna start here, do this. Just describe it a little bit because obviously it's a gray box wireframe so people can't see that. And yeah, describe various points and what we'll talk about there, what the imagery would probably be like. So that as people are looking over the design to give me feedback, 
they can have more context behind what it is. Um, it just helps feedback move faster, I find, and when everyone can get more on the same page with what you're thinking. Because that's what you're trying to do with design documentation, right? Is get what's in your head out on paper so that other people can know what's happening. Yeah. Do you find that like that explanation and that logic around your design gets lost in the comments? Um, sometimes. So I've, I've learned over the years how best to ask for feedback too, and how best to share this. Cause if I just drop an envision link by itself, people might not see the comments, you know? So what I tend to do is write a short base camp post short is key because if it's too long, people are just going to scan down and click the link and not read what you have to say, uh, about what stage I'm at. Just remind them that it's a wireframe. So it's gray boxes. Tell them specifically that I'm looking for feedback on the content structure or, you know, whatever it is that I'm asking. And then I also say there's three different variations in here. So use your arrow keys to go along and see it. Cause I found that sometimes if I didn't point that out, people would just see the first page and not realize there was more to give feedback on. And I also always say, read the tour points because they explain this. So it's just a reminder. And yeah, it's really repetitive because I've been working with my same team for a long time. So like they do know all this by now, but I do find it helps to, to say that each time just to remind them what to do. And in Envision, the tour points thing, they're like glowing blue dots on the screen. So that's why I use them because you don't have to like turn, enable anything to see them. They're going to be there and glowing and like enticing you to click them. So yeah, it helps. Yeah. What I typically do is often, you know, with product design, like there's a lot of logic that goes in behind the design. Like if I just, you know, put a bunch of screens and visual design side by side, it's, you know, the engineer is like, okay, but what's the logic behind this? When does the screen appear? How do you get from here to here? You know, so there's naturally a lot of documentation required to show flows and to show, you know, decision trees and like, you know, um, what happened here? Was the payment successful? Yes, no. Well, if no, then we need to show a failure state, you know, things like that. So, you know, my Figma files consist of a lot of those sort of flows and decision trees and arrows and um, things like that. And little little plug, I use this uh, neat little resource called Flowkit. Oh yeah, that's by MDS, right? Yes, it is. Uh, I don't think it's free, but it's definitely worth getting. It's basically a library of pre-made arrows and you know, things that you can use to sort of document flows. So it's really useful because I can just copy and paste arrows over and link up my designs. I don't have to vectorize them myself, which can be a real pain. <laughs> we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, so I, I use that to sort of help document flows. And then often underneath each screen, I also add like a little text box of annotation that sort of explains the logic um, for the screen above or like any, any, you know, points that, that are really important or notes that need to be highlighted for the engineer. You know, if you look at my Figma file, I kind of have like scenarios. So like I'll have a frame with like this particular scenario and this particular flow and the logic that happens there and then another scenario and the logic and things like that. And that's, you know, for product design, it's kind of essential and really helpful to do it that way. I find it interesting that for you, you sort of explain that in comments, which is really interesting. Can I tell you why that I do that? Yeah, please do. It's because, and another reason why I like sharing designs through Envision is they load at full size like you and I mean you can zoom out in your browser or whatever but you're not seeing the full web page at the same at one time which is like not how you see the web anyway you're only ever going to see what's in your browser window and you have to scroll to see the rest so I like that when someone is viewing a design in Envision they're basically viewing it in the place where the design will live 
in the end. In context, yeah. Yeah, it's in context, it's in your web browser, this is what it's going to look like when it becomes a live thing, so you're, you know, more in the right state of mind to give feedback on it. And I also think it's good for people to have a look and sort of form an opinion and then read my comment, because that way I can hear if, like, something wasn't as expected, or, I don't know, they can have their own ideas first, maybe they'll click and see, oh, yep, Charlie's already thought about that. But um, yeah, it's starting off with what they think and then they're seeing my context behind it. I think if I showed them a web page with writing at the side, it wouldn't be, yeah, the in the end product how that was going to look. And so it's yeah less useful for, for them to be giving feedback on. That makes sense. Yeah, something that I want to do more of and include more of in my not just my design documentation, but my design process as well is creating prototypes, especially like the kind of work that I do is all very interactive. And so, you know, just having screens side by side is, is good to see like where things, like where do you go from here, but it doesn't necessarily give you the experience, right? So I, I want to do more prototyping and include that in my documentation to show, you know, how screens transition, any potential little micro interactions. Um, I haven't done a very good job of that in the past. So yeah, that's something that I want to take the time to put more effort into. Yeah, that's something that people always ask me about is prototyping. And it's honestly just not something that I do because m- usually I'm designing either one or maybe like, I don't know, the recent project that I did has three whole screens, you know, because I'm just tackling one section of our website at a time. So it's just not necessary to build out a full prototype for that. Yeah, You know, you can just use your arrow key and move along to the next page in Envision. But somewhere I think maybe I might start doing a bit of prototyping is for animations and interactions to just, yeah, input a little a piece of the design that I want to do a specific thing and maybe it's hard to explain, I can just mock it up and Corey can take it from there and make it an actual, you know, real life thing. But yeah, so far I haven't had much need to do that. I'm sure that'll be coming. Yeah, it's obviously much easier to show how you want something to interact than like try and write it down, right? Yeah, definitely. So your in your design documentation, the handover for the developers is the same thing, I suppose, that you've been building all this time adding to as you go in in the documentation or is there a separate thing that you give to the engineers so no so the they get like the documentation the the internal website and then in figma i usually have a page in there that's specific for handover yep and that includes uh like specs and things like that and any you know important things that engineering needs to know that's sort of engineering specific but they, the idea is that they should have everything they need with the Figma file, which has like, uh, you know, all the visual designs and all the flows documented, plus the supporting like written documentation on the on the website. The idea is that that should be everything that they need. So I, I'm not going and creating like an additional resource just for inch handoff. Yeah, that makes sense. Mine, I do it slightly differently because I don't know, Corey and I, we're still working on our our process together and what works best for us. But because I'm sharing the Figma file with him, it works best for him if I comment about things in Figma about any functionality that needs to happen or any interactive stuff or, you know, things to point out. I put as a Figma comment, whereas 
um, when I'm showing with the wider team who aren't designers, I use envision comments for the reasons that I talked about before. So that's, I suppose, one one big difference. And I don't know. I, I think that's part of our process could definitely use some improvement because there was one time where I, because I, I do what you do. I put a separate page in my Figma file for the final designs, the stuff to be built. It's called to build usually. Very nice. You know, yeah. Descriptive name on point. But I put my screens in there, the pages that I needed to build, and I marked them up with comments about stuff that needed to happen. And then I noticed that I'd accidentally dragged in the wrong page. Oh. And that I needed, it was actually the version before I needed to get the new one. And like comments stick to the frame, not to their place on the artboard, obviously. So when I removed that page, the comments sort of just floated around in space and they weren't particularly attached. Yeah. So that was super annoying. Whereas in Envision, when you want to re-upload a frame, you can just upload over top of the one that's there and all your comments stay in the same place. So I need to work out a good way to do that in Figma, basically. Um, I'm sure it's a user error problem, but that's the current issue with, with my process there. Where do you and Corey, your developer, have discussions and conversations about the design? Like, is that mostly done via comments in Figma or do you also chat on Slack about it? Like, where's that kind of centralized place for discussion? Usually, I suppose that discussion happens in Envision at the feedback stage because he's giving feedback while the rest of the team is. And he'll ask questions about how things are going to work. And that helps me know what I need to detail, basically. But we also have a call to hand over at the start of a project. Yeah, we have a, a weekly stand up, just the two of us, where we'll walk through what needs to be built. And I can show the file, point anything out. And then basically the comments are in there as backup of what I've said um, so that he doesn't have to take notes during the call, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, Slack, I suppose, if he's got questions about a design while it's happening, usually it'll be Slack that he asked me those. Yeah. I try to keep my file as clean as possible. So I am a notorious like comment resolver. Like if if this has been resolved and we don't need this comment anymore, then goodbye. Because, (laughs) you know, if I press C on my keyboard, often there's like a hundred of those balloons floating around in Figma and it can be, uh, you know, quite anxiety inducing. So I'm always trying to like resolve things. And sometimes actually that's a good point where um, if the conversation we had in a Figma comment is relevant for you know or or needs to be documented somehow I I have done it where I've copied and pasted comments from Figma into my design documentation because you know I I don't need the comment to remain now because the the discussion has ended but what we discussed you know is important to be preserved somehow so I'll I'll copy and paste it over and then resolve the comment yeah okay Man, it's, that's the thing about design work is that it's not just doing the design, is it? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I find too that even now that I have Corey building out my designs, it doesn't mean that my work on the project ends once I finish the design phase. You know, I'm doing feedback, answering questions. It's still, it still takes up time. So yeah, we've, we've got to be careful as designers that we plan for all that when we're looking at what we can get done. You know, totally. Yeah. And now I'm at like a phase of a project where, you know, probably in about three, four weeks, I'll be done with the actual design work and it will go over to engineering. 
And so, you know, I was just talking to my program manager yesterday, like, oh, what project do I want to work on next? And what will I move on to? But at the same time, keeping in mind that probably 20% of my time will need to be reserved to sort of be available to engineering and make sure that the implementation is going well. So, you know, it's not like I'm not actively designing on that project anymore in that phase, but I'm still available and still involved, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Man, I also find that, well, I guess maybe because I'm new to having to spell out the functionality side of things because I've been doing it myself, but I need to get better at over-communicating it, essentially, because, like I keep saying, not everyone can read my thoughts and know what's going on in my head. Because there's some times where a project that we're working on at the moment, I detailed all the changes that need to happen to the backend functionality of our site to make this new particular feature happen. And Corey was asking questions. And I was like, yeah, I said that. Like, I, I said that this it's going to have a default and blah, blah, blah. And he, he was saying, oh, I think it'd be confusing if we make it custom all the time. But because of the way I'd said it, I read it like thinking, okay, pretend you know nothing about this project and read it. Okay, yeah, that probably needed more explaining to be exactly what you meant. You thought it made sense because you've been thinking about this for the past three months. For ages, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, you know, you need to over-communicate it and just make sure things are super clear so that you can all get on the same page, basically. Oh, good chat. This is fun, actually. And, you know, maybe... <laughs> such a he... nerd fan. Be like, this is fun. <laughs> I love it. I find this really fun and really interesting. I do too. I'm a nerd also. I've been trying to be open about this journey that I'm going through about, like, improving my design documentation um, on Twitter. It's a bit hard to share because I can't share my project. Yeah, and the specifics and things. Yeah, so hopefully in the future when this project is, is live and out there, I can sort of share more detail and screenshots and things like that. But in the meantime, if, if you listening have any questions about how I document or, or want to know more, then feel free to to send me a tweet or send the Design Life Twitter account a tweet. And then, you know, maybe towards the end of the year, uh, we can do another episode where I reflect on... Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, on the progress I've made and learnings and, and how it went. Yeah. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure for anyone who's a member of our Design Life community in our resources section... You put together a Google slide like project. Oh, I did. Yeah, for handoff. Template. Yeah. So even if that's not what you're using right now, obviously it was useful to you at one point. So community members, you can go find that in the resources section and, and access that. And if you're listening and you're not in the community yet and you want to be, it is designlife.fm slash community. It's $9 a month. You join. There is a Slack group full of amazing people and resources and things as well. So we'd love to have you in it if you want to join and support the show. Awesome. And you can also listen to more episodes like this at designlife.fm or you can search us on Spotify as well if that is your thing. Yes, or all the other podcasting apps too. I'm sure there's lots that we're not on because every time we say anywhere you listen to podcasts, people are like, what about this one? So yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're getting there. All right. Good chat, Fem. Talk to you next week. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.